morning and welcome back to another episode of Leading Off. As you can probably tell from my voice, I'm not Brendan Tuma or Dan Harris. I'm Mike Mayer, and you can find me on Twitter at Mike Mayer, with the last name spelled M-A-H-E-R. I'm filling in today and Monday for Brendan as he is taking a long weekend to attend the World Taxidermy and Fish Carving Championships. So, you've got me for two episodes, and I'll do my best to try and fill Brendan's shoes. Or, maybe Brendan and I combined can fill Dan's shoes. You see, Dan wears a size 22 wide, while Brendan and I both wear 11s. So the two of us combined might just be up to the task. Brendan and Dan have been doing an amazing job with this podcast, and I'm excited to turn from loyal listener to stand-in host. The only weird part is going to be listening to my own voice in my car while driving to work in a few hours. Anyway, let's get to some baseball. We have so much injury news to get to that I'm not even going to wait until the end of the show to go over all the injury updates. I'll sprinkle in one or two throughout the show. In fact, let's knock out one right now with my first takeaway. Ozzy Albies. No, Ozzy Albies isn't injured. Sorry. I didn't mean to scare you there. I'll get to the injury tie-in in a minute. Albies is tearing the cover off the ball right now. Well, he would be tearing the cover off the ball if you could actually tear the cover off of these new balls. That might not actually be possible anymore. It wouldn't surprise me to find out that these new balls aren't even really baseballs at all, and are just large bouncy balls that have been painted white with red laces. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Back to Albies. Albies owners from last season will remember him as the guy who faded down the stretch, batting 245 in August, 198 in September and October, and 226 overall in the second half. Lots of owners even dropped him heading into the home stretch or fantasy playoffs. The falloff was that extreme. That isn't the case this season. He's batting 315 in the second half and 438 in August, and is also coming off of back-to-back four-hit performances on Tuesday and Wednesday, and ripped his seventh triple last night. Now, the injury tie-in here is that Albies has been batting second in the lineup with Dansby Swanson on the injured list. It was originally thought that Swanson could return as early as this weekend from his foot injury, but a report on Thursday indicated that he is not close to returning and would require a rehab stint even when he is. Swanson had a great first half, but was fading. Before getting injured, he was batting 242 in July and 227 overall in the second half. These were small sample sizes, but you get the point. Swanson was slowing down before his injury, while Albies has been absolutely on fire while batting in the two-hole in his absence. Albies should stay in the two-hole for the foreseeable future, even when Swanson returns. What would you say if I told you there was a six foot four, 220-pound, 25-year-old outfielder who hit 28 home runs in AAA this season, already has three home runs and a batting average around 500 through just a week in the big leagues, is nicknamed the Punisher, and is available in more than 80% of leagues. You'd probably say, sign me up. Luckily, such a player exists, and his name is Aristides Aquino. He was called up by the Reds last week after they traded away Yasiel Puig at the trade deadline, and after hitting six through his first few games, has been batting cleanup for the Reds. Aquino has been in the Reds system since 2011, when he was signed as a 17-year-old international free agent. He has gradually worked his way through the minor league levels over the last several years before reaching AAA and dominating this season. There are probably going to be some ups, downs, and bumps in the road for the rest of the year. But at this point in the fantasy season, everyone is looking for as much short-term value as possible. Aquino can be that guy. He has always had a low walk rate and a high strikeout rate, which can typically lead to young sluggers hitting a wall, much like Austin Riley did. But if you can get a few weeks out of Aquino that are anywhere close to the few weeks Riley gave his fantasy owners earlier this season, I think we'd all sign up for that. Plus, he has an insane batting stance that is a lot of fun to watch. It's not quite as extreme, but it reminds me of Tony Batista. He's worth owning for me just for that. For my last takeaway, I considered going with Chris Sale striking out 13 batters over 8 two-hit shutout innings in a win over the Angels. Or Bo Bichette continuing to take Major League Baseball by storm, hitting his fourth home run and doubling in a record 
nine straight games. Or Gio Rochella hitting two more home runs on Thursday to give him five in his last three games. Or Dallas Keuchel allowing eight earned runs to the Marlins. Or Brian Anderson hitting two more home runs and the Marlins win over the Braves, giving him 20 on the season and five in his last seven games. He's available in over 50% of leagues, by the way. Or Madison Bumgarner throwing seven one-hit shutout innings against the Phillies, but only striking out three. Or Ronald Acuna homering in his third straight game and fifth time in seven games to give him 30 on the year. And I even considered going with Ian Happ homering in his second straight game and three times in his last four games, while also raising his batting average 200 points from 133 to 333 over his last five games. But I didn't. I decided to go with Hap's teammate, Nick Castellanos. Castellanos has at least one hit in all eight games since being traded to the Cubs at last week's trade deadline. He homered twice on Thursday to give him three since joining the Cubs. Overall, he's 14 for 32. That's a 438 batting average with six doubles, those three home runs, and is slugging over 900 through eight games with the Cubs. Again, small sample size, but pretty impressive. He has also batted second in all eight games, significantly boosting his fantasy value and appeal. Castellanos was having a pretty meh season, but he appears to be rejuvenated in Chicago and should be started in all formats until further notice. While he obviously won't keep up this pace, I think there's some room for improvement for Castellanos in Chicago. Despite a 43.7 hard hit percentage and a 38% fly ball rate, his home runs to fly balls are sitting at just 9.4%. That seems like the kind of number that could get a boost from playing some late summer games in Wrigley Field. Again, this is crunch time. Short-term production is the name of the game. If you can ride a hot streak from Castellanos for a week or two, great. If it lasts for longer than that, perfect. You should have a pretty good idea of what your team is at this point. If you're still listening to fantasy baseball podcasts and haven't started crying and listening to fantasy football podcasts in the dark, then you're probably doing pretty well. Now, before we get into all of our injury notes, I wanted to take a minute and tell you a little bit about Fantasy Draft. The Rake Free Revolution is here, and it's available only on Fantasy Draft. Rake, commission, management fee, call it what you want. But the days of paying 10, 12, or even 15 plus percent of your entry fees to the house are over. Now you can play Rake Free only on Fantasy Draft, where 100% of the entry fees are paid to contest winners. That's right. Every single dollar paid in entry fees are paid to contest winners on Fantasy Draft. To access Fantasy Draft's exclusive rake-free contests, all you need to do is become a member. Fantasy Draft offers membership plans suitable to all levels of play, including the free player's first plan that allows for $100 in rake-free entries per month. And for a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 in rake-free entries with their starter plan. As other sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder for players like you to win. Those days are over. No more do you have to lose up to 30% of your bankroll to rake. That money goes straight to the prize pools on Fantasy Draft. It's time to start playing your favorite contrast rake-free on Fantasy Draft. Your bankroll is going to love it. Register at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code RADIO to receive a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 in entry. Now, for some rapid-fire injury notes. Nelson Cruz left Thursday night's game against the Indians due to a left wrist injury. Cruz has been one of the hottest hitters on the planet in recent weeks and he already missed time earlier this season with an injury to the same wrist. He's still being considered day-to-day at the time of this recording, but look for an update on his status sometime today. As a Cruz owner, I'm holding my breath. Lourdes Gurriel left Thursday's game against the Yankees with a quad injury after legging out an infield single. Gurriel went down awkwardly and appeared to be in a lot of pain on the ground, but Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoyo said after the game that Gurriel just had a cramp and is expected to be fine. David Price was placed on the injured list on Thursday with a TFCC cyst on his left wrist, and received a cortisone shot to help relieve the pain. I'm not a doctor, but I'll attempt to break this down for everyone. 
TFCC stands for Triangular Fibrocartilage Complex, and in layman's terms, it's cartilage that supports the carpal bones in the wrist. This is notable because, as you might remember, Price has missed time in the past with carpal tunnel syndrome. Red Sox manager Alex Cora said that he hopes Price can return sooner rather than later, but consider me concerned. Austin Riley has a partially torn LCL and will get a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews on Monday. Riley was already struggling and losing playing time to Ender Inciarte and Adam Duvall before the injury, and if he needs surgery, he'll be out for the rest of the year. If you can safely stash him on an IL slot, you can wait this out and see what the diagnosis is next week. If not, I'd be okay with dropping him. Blake Snell is scheduled to resume a throwing program this weekend. This will be the first time he has thrown since undergoing surgery to remove loose bodies in his elbow back at the end of July. He is still at least a few weeks away from returning, but this is an encouraging development for fantasy owners who have been stashing him. Giancarlo Stanton has resumed what is being called light baseball activities. He has begun throwing, hitting off a tee, and running on an anti-gravity treadmill. He is taking steps in the right direction, but this doesn't sound like someone who is close to returning. If you have stashed him this long, you might as well continue to stash him and hope for encouraging news over the next few weeks. Glaber Torres has missed the last two games with abdominal pain, but he has said that he is fine and can be back in the lineup as soon as today against the Blue Jays. Let's keep it going with the Yankees injury news. Yankees catcher Gary Sanchez is on track to return from the injured list on Saturday against the Blue Jays. He's batting 229 with 24 home runs this season, but fantasy owners have probably missed him more than the Yankees have since they continue to beat up on everyone regardless of who they throw into that lineup. Christian Yelich went 4 for 5 with two home runs on Monday, but missed Tuesday's and Wednesday's games with back tightness. Yelich skipped the home run derby earlier this season with back issues, and both Yelich and the team have said this absence is precautionary rather than an injury. The Brewers are off on Thursday, but it sounds like Yelich should return to the lineup today. Let's keep an eye on when those lineups drop. Anthony Rendon left Wednesday's game against the San Francisco Giants with a sore toe after being hit on the foot by a pitch. Nationals manager Dave Martinez downplayed the injury after the game and said that Rendon was okay. Like the Brewers, the Nationals were off on Thursday, so we'll have to wait until lineups drop today to find out if Rendon is indeed fine. If he is out of the lineup today, I'll start to worry because we've seen too many players this year miss time after being hit by pitches or foul balls off their own legs. As for what I'm watching this weekend, I mostly want to watch a bunch of starting pitchers. I want to see Hiyu and Jin Ryu return from the injured list on Monday. I'm not overly concerned about Ryu's neck injury, but I do want to see the, how the Dodgers use him and some of their starters like Clayton Kershaw and Walker Buehler for the rest of the season. Ryu only threw 80 pitches over 6 shutout innings his last time out, and I'm hoping that his neck was feeling stiff, and this wasn't the Dodgers beginning to slow down the pitch counts of innings of their starters as they cruise to the NL West title. I also want to watch today's Steven Strasburg versus Marcus Stroman matchup. I'm looking for Strasburg to bounce back after allowing 9 earned runs in his last start, while I'm interested to see Stroman's second start for the streaking Mets in a divisional matchup. And I also want to watch Aaron Sanchez's second start with the Astros. Did the Astros really transform him with a couple of minor tweaks? Or will he turn back into a pumpkin? There's no way he can top six no-hit innings in his second start, right? I grabbed Sanchez before his last start in one league and tried to trade for him in our Fantasy Pros and Friends Dynasty League, but Carmen was both driving a hard bargain and busy enjoying his anniversary with his wife, so we couldn't agree to a deal before our league's trade deadline. Shame on him. And that'll do it for another episode of Leading Off. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, at Mike Mayer, with questions, feedback, or just to talk about why Brendan and Dan can't remember how to pronounce my last name. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll talk to you on Monday.